0: Heavenly Father, um, we thank you that you are uh, the perfect Father. Um, in every way, Lord, you love us, you delight in us, you care for us, um, you nurture us um, in perfect ways. Um, we thank you for it and pray that you will give us strength and grace um, to image you um, as we ought, Lord, in our parenting. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. And I didn't say in the intro, I'm a crier so that's just the way it is you know when something strikes me that's not to say anything about me but it is to say when it happens just I, you heard about it just let it go <laughs> stay like stay focused on the issue and then we'll, we'll get it back so anyway um so parenting is a weighty thing um i think based on the you know cody said the results of his survey i think enough of us to kind of feel that weight so I just want to open up with a few a few broad statements, just a kind of encouragement and some things to think about. These are actually in your handout in the back, so you don't even need to write these down. You can just listen to these just to kind of frame our time. Number 1, God loves your children more than you do. Number 2, a wise and good God sovereignly chose which parents to give to your kids. Remember, they're not your kids for fundamentally. There are other human souls who have been brought into this world, and, and God introduced them to you, or introduced you, you to them, and you're a tool in his hands. Um, number three, the measure of success in parenting is not how your parents turn out. Or how your parents turn out. How your kids turn out. It's, it's not that either. Um, your measure of success as a parent is not how your children turn out. right? It's, it's how faithful you have been to the commands of God to parents. That's the measure. Um, and number four, God saves. God saves, not us. And we have to remember that many times. So with those kind of just things in mind, right, those those are free. That's bonus material just to kind of meditate on. Let's talk today about how we intentionally instruct our children. So I think Brian Davis said he was kind of talking like music theory, and now we're going to get into like the music part. Um, I wasn't thinking of that when I, you know, first did this, but that works. Um, there's still going to be some theory here, but we, this is going to be a little bit more of some, a little bit more practical stuff, which is still some framework in it, um, and it will go somewhat quickly. But the beauty is that we all are members of the same church and we fellowship with each other, and these are the kinds of things we can continue to talk about, right? So, um, so before we dive into the actual intentional, intentional instruction itself, um, let's think about the target, right? What are we after here, um, specifically? We're aiming at our hearts and if you're here last week you remember Brian saying this whole well either the behavior or the heart thing isn't always a helpful dichotomy and I, I agree with that I think that was a wise distinction when, when we whether we're spanking or whether we're teaching a Bible lesson we're aiming at their whole person and discipline is instruction and our words are so so that I think that was a helpful just kind of thing to tease out there so this is not to contradict that statement by Brian it's just saving we're aiming at their whole person and this is rather say we're homing in on an an aspect of our total kind of nurture of them which is our kind of intentional instruction to them Um, whether it's in the context of discipline which is probably less frequent right despite how it feels on some days um, or in the context of our daily life which is constant and and all the time so the scripture teaches us that the heart is the control center of life Right. a person's life is a reflection of their heart. So Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. So the behavior of a person exhibits an overflow of and is a window into their heart. Um, And this understanding is important for our child rearing. Right. It teaches us that behavior itself is not the fundamental issue. Right. The basic issue is always kind of what's be, what's the heart behind that behavior. Um, so the yeah, of course it's the thing that alerts you to their need is their behavior. So yeah, that was the thing that got my that interrupted my day and got in the middle of what I was doing. Right, and so of course we're gonna you know zoom over to kind of deal with that. Um, and we kind of yeah, right, I'll correct the behavior and they'll stop doing that. Problem solved. Right. if only. Right. So our child's needs are far more profound and deeper than just mere correction of behavior that behavior didn't just spring forth uncaused um, so the things that you're, that our kids say and do reflect their hearts and their understandings or their lack thereof and so if we're going to help them we need to be concerned with the attitudes and the understandings that that drove that and for that matter we need to teach our own hearts right I think we've all felt conviction um, told you this would happen right in these <laughs> in these lessons um, you know parenting is sanctifying for that reason right so so we all feel that burden you know to examine our own hearts you know, do we do what we're told when we're told honoring the one who told us you know? do we get fussy or pouty when when our will is crossed you know what's behind that what's the heart attitude that's behind whatever it is that however it is we're reacting so just a good reminder for us that the more more earnestly we deal with our own sin and instruct our own hearts the better equipped we're going to be to help our children do that too right so so today, then, more, that's the target. More specifically, how do we intentionally and deliberately instruct our children? And we're talking about four quick areas. Why, what, how, and then when and where. That's one. So, uh, so the first one, why do, we, why do we instruct our children? So there's two basic answers to that. The first is um, that we image God when we instruct our children. God is a communicator, right? It is his nature to reveal himself to us. He did it in his word right? He speaks to us and shows us what he is like. Hosea six said the knowledge of God is greater than sacrifice. He wants us to know and understand him. Um, so to know, to relate, to speak, uh, to express, to pass on knowledge, these are things that we do as humans that the rest of creation don't, uh, the rest of creation doesn't do, uh, because we're made in God's image. Um, why is that important? You know, it could sound a little academic, maybe, but it, for a number of reasons. One of which is we're not just wolves in a pack. We don't just like nip at the little ones until they kind of conform to the social order. Right? These are living, breathing souls that I said before God has introduced us to and asked us to nurture them and help them understand him and his creation. So, um, Which leads us into the, the, the answer to the second question, why do we instruct? Because an image is God and number two, because we're commanded to. Um, We're commanded to instruct our children, to, to impart truth to them. Probably one of the best parenting job descriptions in the whole scripture is Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 9. I'm sure you've heard it. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So he starts with that, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. That emphasis wasn't in the original, but I think it's good for us. These commandments are to be upon your hearts, Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So parents are commanded to instruct the truths of God to our children. And that's a weighty command. Right, as we started out saying that just think about this brief account in Judges 2. And I think I put the verse in, in, in the handouts there. So this the context of this is Israel had just taken possession of the promised land, just witnessed for themselves the fantastic, miraculous fulfillment of all of God's promises to them in, in coming to the promised land. In Judges 2, we read after that whole generation had been gathered to their fathers. Another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Then the Israelites did evil in the, sight of the Lord, in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals. They forsook the Lord and the God of their fathers. That's an astounding verse. Like, they, they didn't know the Lord or what he had done for Israel? Like, the next generation? You know, how is this possible? Well, you know, apparently they weren't told. Um, so as parents, we're charged with that responsibility of, of communicating that truth to God. We are the primary means that God uses to communicate truth to the next generation. You know, we... Not the pastor. I love my kids to hear pastors preach. I love my kids to go to Sunday school. We're the primary means to communicate that truth to them. So we instruct because we image God when we do that. And it's our God-given task that our children may grow to know their creator and themselves and what God has done for us in Christ. So that's, that's why we're doing this. Well, so now we know why we're doing it. Well, what are we doing? What, what do we instruct? So on to number two there. Well, obviously, there's a lot about life that our kids need to learn, right? Everything from dental hygiene to dating advice to whatever. Things that are just necessary to function in this world. But what, all right, what are we really aiming at? What, what are we instructing? You know, it's helpful to just zoom out. You always start in my past lives, uh, professional lives, which we did, I did some strategy stuff. And you always go, all right, what's the big aim? Then, we, then that'll inform what we do. So stop yourself and ask, what are you trying to accomplish as a parent? What Exactly what is your objective? Um, as a Christian parent, right? we certainly have one supreme objective for our kids, um, that they know and be conformed to the image of Christ. Right? John 17, 3, this is eternal life, that they know you. That's what we want for our kids, and that they be conformed to the image of Christ. Right? Romans 8, 29, those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So that's clearly God's will um, for his children, and that's what we want our kids well okay so a couple of things are necessary for that Uh, the holy spirit and regeneration and the scriptures the word well we're not very good at at dispensing the holy spirit and we can't bring about regeneration so but we can certainly impart the scriptures Um, the scriptures are absolute necessities for christian life and maturity and so it's our task as parents to impart them to our children um, and to use them with our children. Just a few verses that you would see on your handout there. You know, Psalm 119, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Um, 2 Timothy 3.16, I think we've all heard, all scripture is God-breathed and useful for training, correction, teaching, and righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Everything they need is in the scriptures. Right? We, all things pertaining to life and godliness has been given to us. So we have to teach them the word the truths of the truths and the truth about god um it's the scriptures it's god's word that convicts it's god's word that helps us distinguish good from evil right hebrews four twelve. the word of god is living and active and distinguishes between even bone and marrow joints and marrow um, it's the scriptures that introduce us to god and train us to image him faithfully right and that proclaim the gospel to us and so if god is what we want for his children then we want to give them his word um, and I think that ties up with what we heard last week um, and what we've even mentioned here already you know, our work on their obedience um, is not just teaching external conformity as, as tempting as that is there's so many times I'm like will you just stop that thing right? if you would just conform to whatever I want right now then it would be good right? and we're tempted to do that so much right? but it is I think it, it's worth reiterating to ourselves um, that, it is, that it is insufficient and even deadly to merely teach our children just to act like Christians. Um, we teach scripture because we pray that it will permeate their hearts, and we're confident that it's God's word that possesses the power to transform our children. Right? Isaiah 55:11. God's word does not return void without accomplishing the purchase for which he, for which he gave it. So we don't want to create little Pharisees, right? People who, don't, who know what part to play and say, but don't know God personally. And so we give them the scriptures, trusting that God will work in that. Um, if you look in your handouts there, you'll see a long list of about, I don't know, I think about 10 things there. That's, uh, that was actually in John MacArthur's book on parenting, where he did a chapter on how the Proverbs are almost literally an instruction manual for, for training your children. Um, so those are a number of things that particularly come out of the proverbs that we can. That as we, so we're not going to go through all of those in detail. I don't want to just run through lists here today, but those are those would be great things to talk about, you know, over lunch or as people come over. How, how do you, how do you teach your kids to, you know, manage their money or whatever it is, you know, to, to understand what it's going to be mean mean to be married as if you're talking about older kids or any of those things on that list there. Um, so talk about those. I think. This, this also, this isn't in the handout, but if you want something specific to start as far as, okay, what am I teaching my kids? These are all these, how do I apply all these specific things in the different ages? A good framework that, that I've uh, come across is from age, think about this, from ages zero to five, you're kind of teaching obedience. I mean, and these aren't mutually exclusive categories, right? But we're teaching them that they are under authority. We're under authority. You're under authority. You have to obey mommy and daddy. Just how do you fit in this world? You're, you're people under authority. And then from ages six, and these ages aren't hard, right? You're gonna, and you're going to be teaching aspects of this as we go. But you know, let's say six to 11, you're starting to teach more knowledge, sort of like the trivium for, the, for you homeschoolers out there. You know, you're teaching them more knowledge. Okay, what, is, what, what was that that just happened? You know, how do you understand what's going on in your world? What does this mean? What is this? You're just teaching them about things and giving them the knowledge and understanding, okay, what am I seeing around myself? And then from 12 and on, as they get into their teen years, we're teaching them wisdom. How do I take that knowledge and how do I apply it to situations in my life? And how do I interact with my world? And Lord willing, how do I affect and minister to my world as they go? On? So that's a good framework for kind of what. We're starting with obedience then we're putting the building blocks in there with knowledge and then we're teaching wisdom and, and application of that knowledge and, and that can you know any number of those things that are on that list there that that 10 uh, or so list could be talked about in various phases so we have an 11 year old right now and we have a 17 year old and we we talk about purity to both of them right it's in different contexts in different ways but so that's not to say these are hard and fast lines um any questions been talking for a little bit here any questions or comments about, about the why or about the uh, what that we instruct our children? And we've got time. A technique I learned once is that um, if you can stand awkwardness, you know, you'll get a question. <laughs> and I, can, I got a tolerance for awkwardness. <laughs> So, so, and please tell me your name because we're relatively new and I guarantee there's somebody else in here who you told your name and then they forgot, you know, and they get, so you'll save them an, an ask if you just, so remind me your name again. I'm Laura. Laura, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: so my question is, as, and this may be getting ahead in yeah. classes, but um, as you instruct um, your children in, in a lot of these things, the, the challenge I think that comes up with us the most is um, the question, well, but why? why and then we give a reason but then that reason's not usually like good enough you know it's It's rarely good enough is it yeah yeah, so it's like do you have any wisdom for us in terms of like discerning like when do you just say like you don't really want to know why you just want to argue versus yeah let me give you a really good reason and then we stop there and how do you stop there without becoming this
0: like fight the best answer to that is James 1 5. So um, which says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. <laughs> so, I mean, that's I mean, that's that's it. You need wisdom to, to discern. And so, first of all, I don't think it's wrong to tell a child because I said so. That's not a cop out. It can be, but it's not necessarily a cop out um, because and especially in the younger children, they just need to learn that Look. If you go around questioning, asking, asking why every time you get told to do something, your life will not go well for you. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be dangerous. With our younger kids, we're like, if if I tell you stop and you don't, you could be running out into the street, or something, you know. And so, there, there's a there's a legitimacy to because your parents told you, and you're submitting to God. Yeah? and and we always ta- t- try, tried, we try tried to teach our kids and continue that you're not just obeying us. Your obedience to your parents is your obedience to God. And like Brian said, he commands us because he because he loves us that's his and the way god is doing that to you is through his word but also mediated through your parents so having said that there's not a problem with explaining why to your kids once and i think that's probably the best way to do it is we'll say all right well so this is the reason why and it, it it's the reason and i don't have another reason and so if, if you don't like that reason you just have to take that to the lord and I've said, you know, if you think I'm being unfair or wrong or something or that's not a legitimate reason, then you go ask the Lord to help you understand that. And maybe we can talk about that some other time. And again, this depends on how old your child is. Right. So um, I'll, I'm not going to I'm going to stop talking because I don't have a you know, I don't have a better hard answer for that other than it takes wisdom. And there are times for both. And usually you can tell when your kid is just quibbling, especially when they when they said, well, yeah, but really, what? okay, after the like the fourth yeah, but, oh, <laughs> they're really not concerned about why. You know, they're like, T- let, help me extend it. So that's, yeah, good. tell them your name. I'm Danielle. Janelle. Ja- Danielle. Ja- Danielle.
2: Um, just to confirm what you're saying, I am mm-hmm. way too soft and will give into the like, discussion every time. Oh, yeah. Or to avoid <laughs> it because I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to get into it. Um, but... Tr- I'm here trying to grow in these areas. And so yesterday, yeah. my daughter was like, but how come he got so blah, 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 blah? And I was like, because I'm your mom, and that's what I said. Like, and yeah. that's what we're doing. Right. And I've talked to her about, like, I know in class you're the teacher's pet, so I know you don't do this to your teacher. <laughs> <shape." laughs> so she them on her, and she was yeah. like, she literally was like, okay. Okay. And well, like, there you go. Oh my gosh, good. good. I mean, like, I just, I am mom, and I said right. so. Right, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, you know. It's not going to work every time. But I was like, it does work. Like, no, because I'm the authority
0: and I said so. Yeah. And especially younger kids, they just need to learn to get that. You know what I, mean? I don't ask why my boss every time she tells me to do something. I mean, good grief. That's not how life works. You know, so, and that, that's probably not what anyway, I just said. That isn't the best attitude to have. Like, yeah. So, <laughs> Lord forgive me. That's why I'm, I teach this so I can learn it too. So, yeah. Uh, you up on that, though, like, um, and
2: don't mean to get off topic. But, like, my kids, it's very much like them. But um, but why did they get to? And I, I find it hard because I'm like, we are fallible, right? Am I parenting mm-hmm. your sibling perfectly? Definitely not, right? And so, I mean, I think to some degree it's the same answer. Yeah. Because I'm mom, and I said so. It doesn't matter. But I'm like, is there iniquity in the house? Like, yeah, to some degree, sure. Right. They just got away with whatever. So I'm like, how do you well as a parent? It-
0: let me give a quick one, and then, I'll, yeah, I want Shannon to jump in on this. So, I mean, we've, don't be afraid. It's, it's, there's been times when you're like, yeah, you know, you were right. I shouldn't have let her do that. You know what I mean? But I'm So, sorry, but I, I don't think that was a bad idea, and I made a mistake, and I did that, so we're not going to do that. So that's, a, that's an answer, if, it, if that's the answer, right? What, what were we going to say, that? Yeah,
3: just that we, you know, we, we talked about this a little bit last night, even with our girls, and we were going over some of the points from Brian's sermon last week. Um, or yep. talk last week with our girls, mm-hmm. um, even though it was two parents, but we thought this would be helpful to go over with our girls too, just so you know, they're understanding where we're coming from or speaking to. I asked and Brian, can you share that with all the children too? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so That's we what parents mixed. are
0: for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Yeah. We did not coordinate our answers. Sorry, go ahead.
3: But we were talking about this idea of, of an appeal, and I think, you know, in general, the heart, and Brian was saying this last week too, needs to be one of obedience, needs to be one of submitting my will to the will of, of the one that God has put in authority over to me. So if it's always why, mm-hmm. if there's always that, I like how Brian said, you know, pushing back, talking back, and holding back. <laughs> if there's always kind of that attitude, then I think they're not understanding the need to submit to the will that's been placed over them, whether they understand it, whether they like it or agree with it or not. That's where their blessing comes. Mm -hmm. But there is an appropriate place that I think comes more, you know, thinking about these categories of, you know, zero to five kind of obedience, remembering that you're learning that you're under authority. So it's probably going to come more as they get older and they've shown a consistent heart of obedience and submission. That there is an appropriate place for a respectful appeal. Mm -hmm. And I think Ryan mentioned that last week too a, a, a kind of appeal that shows a heart of obedience. But maybe legitimate, like for an older kid, I'm trying to finish my homework assignment. Can I do the dishes when I'm done? Mm-hmm. Is that okay? I mean, that's a heart that's showing that submission and obedience. So it's an appropriate, we use the word appeal. I think he used like an honoring ask or something like that. But I think that's the general idea. But So I think it does take wisdom, but I think... That wisdom is in the context of it should be obedience. Like if it's if I'm clearly not asking you to sin, right. then you need to obey. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the heart, right? That right. we're trying to cultivate. Not that we always get it, but right. we're seeking to cultivate.
0: And we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit as we get into the how, because that's the ne- the next section here. But those are those are good. Last one, last question on the what or the why, Eric. Yeah. Uh, Eric, or comment. Here. Yeah. Just, just mm-hmm. a, qu- uh, a quick trial, but One other thing that I of in our experiences. Your kids are watching you interact in that same way with your aspects of authority, whether it's your boss, it's your other various things, and some of the modeling of that questioning, that how they think about appeal, how they—they're watching how you and your your spouse do that, mm-hmm. mm. and so just something to sort of reflect on. What is that reflecting back to me that they're seeing in me and
1: how I think about that? And so again, often that opportunity for a very humble. So yes, I'm a sinner too, and I'm also
0: under authority, yeah. and, I, and I struggle with this. And this is how I sort of deal with it, as a way to kind of maybe break through the specifics of what that particular issue is, to teach that broader lesson. Yeah, yeah. How do they, how do they hear? How do our children hear us talk about authority in our own lives, and and, how, and respond to it? Exactly, exactly. So, well, that's a good. I think that's a good segue, and we can come back to any of these. i I've been talking fast, apparently, so I think we'll have some time uh, to talk a little bit more. But um, how do we do this then? All right, So we got what? It's principles of scripture. There's a few. It's knowledge. Uh, it's it's you know, authority, basic authority, knowledge, wisdom. All right, well, how do I go about doing this? So, well, first and foremost, and this, that's why it was a great seg- segue there. We instruct with our lives first. That's why Ephesians 5.15 says, uh, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Um, and I think we do it intentionally. That's why we put that in the title of this lesson, I think, is it's too easy just be, hey, do this. And without even stopping to give a little bit of a thought to, okay, I'm about to give a command here. You know, have I am I just doing this because I'm too lazy to go get that thing? (laughs) I asked them to go get it for me. uh, And now I'm going to turn this into a discipline situation because, you know, they were doing something and I made them go do my you, you see how this goes. Right. So be deliberate and think about how we're living all of these things in our own lives how we're speaking about them in front of our children to what Eric said, how we're reacting, how we're living those things up. Um, Yeah, So we're, we're focusing on instruction in this class, but it is impossible to overstate the importance of our example in giving credibility to those words. Um, and that's convicting and we need grace. And we that's why we repent to our children when we sin, because we're modeling that too. We're going to teach them about repentance and we should be showing them repentance in our lives um, to, to, Focus on many aspects, right? Always pointing them, and I think this is another good thing Brian said last week, always pointing them to the perfect father. We should be able to say, like Paul, at, you know, follow me as I follow Christ. That we should be striving, we should say that, and we should be striving to do that. But make it clear, this is the Father that we're all following, right? That we're all modeling. But regard, with regard to our intentional instruction to them, then um, how do we do that? Well, I think very often we we do kind of reduce parenting to sort of three three roles, right? And that's, you know, lawgiver, cop, warden. Right? So we give the, we lay down the law. You know, we give the children the instruction. Stay in your bed, right? You know, and then we're the cop. We police infractions, you know, why are you playing with your your dress-up toys when I told you to stay in your bed? You know, all right, now I've enforced. Then we're the warden. Right? enforcing the sentence for said infraction, you know, now daddy's going to have to give you a discipline. Right? And, so, and that's not to say that there is not a place. That was the whole lesson last week. There's not a place for rules and correction and punishment and consequences. Those are crucial and absolutely necessary. Um, but, but there are many, many other dimensions to our communication and our instruction to our children that, that we often too little employ Certainly intentionally and deliberately and with thought. Um, So in addition to rules, correction, and discipline, there are things like rebuke and encouragement and warning and specific teaching and even prayer. We'll talk a little bit about all these. But if you were uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.14, uh, Paul said, And we urge you, brothers, warn those who are idle, encourage the timid, help the weak, be patient with everyone. There's some. Warn, encourage, help be patient. Right? That's how Paul is encouraging them to, to teach. So I think a thing we get from that verse, among many other things, is that you know, different occasions and different hearers and different dispositions require different approaches and different tools at different times, right? So hence we need wisdom to the earlier point. Um, you know, and how many times have I pulled out parenting sermon number 241 and preached it you know, when what, what my child really needed was a few questions to understand what's going on? Right Or a talk or to listen because they're frustrated about something, whatever it was, or you know how many times have I rebuked for laziness you know at homework time when they really needed some encouragement or some instruction, like you know to, some actual help um, so let's just go through some of these hows because I think they're important, so um, rebuke a rebuke censures behavior, right, and there are times when a child needs to feel and understand our sense of dismay at what they have done the seriousness of it and more importantly uh, god's uh, god's displeasure uh, at what they have said or done Um, think of nathan with david in second samuel 12 i mean nathan told the little story to kind of set it up and then he said you are that man david you know he's like the lord gave you the kingdom and he gave you, you know the land and you know so he he's like david that's you. Really? Was that not enough for God to give you? So that was a rebuke. Clear, straight, straightforward. Um, or Paul with the Galatians. Right? If you read all the epi- different epistles, even the even the Corinthians, which were all messed up, got all these expressions of his love for them and gratitude for what's going on in Galatians. Paul is kind of had an intro, Paul, me, and he's, I'm stunned that you've so quickly fallen away. And he's like on them, right? So there are times for where our children need to hear a rebuke. That doesn't mean you don't do that, right? It's, that's not rebuke. Rebuke is a, is a sense of the gravity of what has happened here um, in, in, the light, in the face before the face of our God as, we, as, we're, as we're living before him. Um, you know, in, in our home, lying and disrespecting parents were two that got treated with particular gravity. And this isn't a hard, fast rule. Like, well, which ones do I have to be really serious about? Right? All sin is evil, right? just like, like we heard. But um, especially when it was towards Shannon... I would, as a father be very uh, very serious about that, say that is your mother, and she 's also my wife, and you will, you don 't talk to my wife that way, you know not in some kind of snarky you know i 'm threatening you sort of thing, but this is serious right the proverbs has all and then as they get older, the proverbs is full of warnings to people who disregard their mother right and their father right so that there are times when we need a rebuke, and I think the care there is that rebuke doesn't mean I'm particularly angry. Right? Rebuke is the seriousness of this sin before God, and us. You know, I think it, to the extent that we live, you know, what was the RC's provera corum deo before the face of God. For the more that we're always aware that we're living before God, the the less we're going to be right fall into these traps of rebuking out of anger rather than rebuking because this is a serious offense against our holy God. So let's talk about that. So um, second, encouragement. Probably, I'll speak for myself, probably one of the most underused tools in our whole tool belt, right? Um, Yet one of the most powerful. So, you know, after a day when you could swear that those kids were inventing new ways to disobey, (laughs) that can be hard. Right? So sometimes it's hard to encourage. you don't want to I don't want to say something nice about you because I don't feel anything nice about you right now. That's just how it goes sometimes, right? Um, and we have to ask for God's forgiveness for that. but look for ways to encourage them back to our instructional or our intentional part. Um, acknowledge a good effort, even when it didn't turn out perfect.? Right? Wasn't God glad at the, at the <laughs> isn't God glad with our obedience as as much as it's filthy rags? You know, it doesn't, it doesn't avail to our salvation, but he likes to see our, 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 our efforts at obeying him. And so, so shouldn't we encourage them for efforts? Um, like we heard last week, remind them that you love them. Say it often. Randomly tell them something you love about them. Right? Or you say thank you. That's a good way to encourage somebody. Um, be on the lookout for just any little signs of grace in their life. You know, they tell a story about how they handled something at school. That was really, that was really good. I think the Lord really helped you to, you know, respond to that person kindly instead of you what. Know, that's just wow. Encourage them. That, all right, I'm getting this, even though I had to get to a lot of spanks today. You know, it's not hopeless, right? So, um, and and just think, you know, how has your heart leapt, right? And what comfort? Again, for those of you who weren't here early, I said I'm a crier, and this just happened. So. Stay on the point. <laughs> Not me. All right. So how, how have, what comfort and security have you gained, right, in reading or hearing someone preach, right, about God's love for you? Right, so um, uh, Isaiah 62, verse 4, you know, God is talking to Israel and he said, You will no more be termed forsaken, but you will be called my delight in her, right? For the Lord delights in you. So um, Romans 8, you know, what's going to separate us from the love of God? Nothing, right? So think about the encouragement that, and, and the joy that God's encouragement and affirmation to us and his delight in us brings us. And so how must that affect our children you know, if we bring that to them? So use encouragement, right? Let, <coughs> let your children learn of a loving God right? by feeling your love and encouragement, encouragement. Model that part of God to them too, um, So that's encouragement. Next, uh, teaching. This is a process of providing a lesson or a precept or information that will help your children understand and function in their world. So as a parent, we're the main, I've said this, we're we're the main means by which God is going to move our children from complete ignorance and helplessness to knowledge of the world and the wisdom of God and how to live in it. So, Um, I think as parents, we can get into sort of a defensive posture, spending a lot of time correcting and punishing. Um, And so it's helpful to think about instruction as one of our main, a big tool in our arsenal for that. When our kids do poorly in an area, one of the first questions we should ask as parents is, what have I taught them about that? So uh, handling a bully. You know, come home and you find out he didn't do so well on the playground and that. But have we ever talked about what you do if this happens? You know, or cleaning their room. You know, have you actually showed them like, here's how you fold a shirt? Now, we have, so we're past that. <laughs> but that's you know, think about giving them and teaching them is a big part of is a big part of our instruction to them and our intentional instruction as Christian parents. It's not just an ad, an ancillary task that we have as parents. Um, warnings. Warnings put our children on guard against probable danger. Um, a warning is not a threat. Right? A warning is merciful speech, like the equivalent of posting a sign you know, on a road before the bridge is out, before you go off a cliff. Like, just an example. Proverbs fourteen twenty-three: All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. That's a warning. Right? That's not some kind of threat. Um, so all right, an example of a helpful warning. For for maybe for younger kids. We ask them to stay in their bed and actually sleep during nap time. So you might say, you know, honey, you've gotten out of your bed. You got out of your bed yesterday during nap time. So if you get out of your bed, mommy's going to have to give you a discipline, right? Or whatever word you use for that. So that's a warning. It's not something I'm just, okay, remember, this is what we're doing. Be warned. This is what what disobedience brings. Um, Example of a problematic warning. Do you want a spanking? Right, that's like the most rhetorical question ever. <laughs> so, don't ask your kids if they want a spanking. Right, number one. Um, or another example: How about your child is disobeying some instruction of yours, and so you say, "Hey, I told you not to do that. And if you do that again, you're going to get a spanking." Do you see how that? That's not a warning. That's kind of a threat. And number two, you should, if they were disobeying you, they should have been getting disciplined for that again, right? So the warnings are not just kind of ways to express our angst to them or get them to quit, you know, to, to forestall something. Um, they're, more, they're, they're not a threat to curb behavior, right, which, which you ought to be disciplining. They're warnings ahead of, to, again, intentional to avoid sin and to help them. Um, and, you know, as our children grow, these warnings can become, you know, we, see, we may see them straying, we may see them heeding the enticements of the world. Um, and so these warnings can be as entreaty, pleading. There's nothing wrong with that, you know, earnest, intense communication. You know, the pleading of a father or mother who's understanding the way of this child and the ways of God and the need of the moment, right, is willing to kind of bear our soul in earnest pleading with them um, you know, to, to avoid the ways of uh, of of the world that we see, in, you know, enticing them. Proverbs twenty three twenty six. My son, give me your heart. Let my let your eyes keep to my ways. You can see so much intenseness and earnestness in the in the entreaty that comes out of many of the verses in Proverbs. I think the again I've, we've said it a number of times. These warnings, entreaty, should be deliberate. You know, we don't rebuke or entreat. Or warn over spilt milk, or foolishness. You know, we don't. Please, would you stop spilling your milk? You know, that's not that's not the biblical entreaty we're talking about here. So, um, this is we entreat in particular when we see wandering and we see danger ahead. You know, and we want to warn our children off of it and forestall that. Um, prayer uh, not always comes to mind as a tool for our intentional instruction. It's not direct instruction to our child, but it is instructive. To our children, right? It's teaching them. It's a help, helpful element in teaching them about God and ourselves, right? So a parent can see our hearts as they see us and treat our holy God. And so we should be deliberate about praying with them and in front of them and around them um, so that they can hear that. I mean, how many, I'm sure you've heard stories. I've heard some, I have one in my own life, right? Of people who were significantly affected um, by seeing their parents pray regularly, how many, you know, somebody, I came down every morning, and I saw my mom praying for us. You know, that, that, that day in, day out, line upon line, you know, that sort of long-term tree is, is powerful. Um, interestingly, Susanna Spurgeon testified uh, about her husband's leadership in the home and said this about his prayers, Charles Spurgeon's prayer. She said, he seemed to come as near to God as a little child to a loving father. And we were often moved to tears as he, thus, as he talked thus face to face with his Lord. You're like, okay, we're not all Charles Spurgeon's. I haven't moved anybody to tears with my prayers, unless they're like really long or something. But, but that's not an excuse, right? That's we we can love our God just as much as Charles Spurgeon did, and we can pray to our God just as much as anybody, right? So, and we can live that out before our children. Um, praying with our children can teach them so that mom and dad are people under authority. That's right. That teach them that God is the one to turn to in our needs. Teach them that he's the one to whom we should be grateful for all the things that we have in our life. And teach them thankfulness. Um, teach them that we live a life of faith, among many other things. So they're learning as they hear us pray and watch how we talk to our God and what we want from him and what we need from him and how we submit to him. So you've heard the line that, you know, if the only tool you have in your tool belt is a hammer and every problem looks like a nail, right? So as parents, we want to develop kind of a rich tool belt, if you will, um, uh, that God has given us for instruction of our parents avoid avoid just being the lawgiver cop and warden you know, and bring them be an encourager, the challenger, the teacher, the prayer partner with our with our kids um, A quick thought on how we instruct um, can d- give some deliberate thought every once in a while to how and when y- and whether you monologue or dialogue right and I kind of alluded to that with my parenting sermon thing, you know right so there are times. Like right, you know, to Danielle, what you said. There are times we just need to our kids need to hear something, and so they need to close their mouths and hear the thing, and that's fine. That there's a, absolutely a place for that. Um, but there's also times when we need to talk to them, um, and there are probably lots of times. If I look at my past, then a little talking beforehand might have helped me in how I approached the you know this particular issue, especially as they get older. Um, so you know, there's times when we need to ask them some questions and understand what's going on in their hearts. Um, and like I said, my my tendency I'm just to, is is to immediately launch into the monologue about what's going to fix this problem right now, instead of just kind of understand why they're struggling, right? What's going on here? Did something happen? Whatever it is. So just consider continue, consider your tendency as a parent, um, you know, and then deciding to have a monologue or a dialogue. Again, go back to James one five. right? It requires wisdom, and we ask God for that, and he gives freely on that. Um, questions or comments on the on the how, Laura, Laura, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, it's sort of a two-part question. So mm-hmm. you can pick Whatever. That's a very um, DC thing. Yes. I have I have, I have one, one I have one question in three parts. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Seven subpoints. Okay. I, okay. So I think one of
1: the
2: challenges
1: that we have is um, possibly. We when we're given the instruction. Like, we take one particular instance of disobedience and it's like, let's talk about the gospel right now, you know? <laughs> and I think at times that's a really helpful thing, but at mm-hmm. like other times I think we might be beating them over the heads with the gospel and sort of actually putting up a barrier for them between, like, making the gospel this, or not making it, but showing them how beautiful the gospel is, and, like, mm-hmm. really I think at times we might be saying, like, showing them this sort of, like, twisted version of the gospel that's, like, our way of, like, manipulating them into a Yeah, so, yeah. but obviously, it's sometimes, it's appropriate, so, yes, ask for wisdom, mm-hmm. yeah. and I mean, that's a daily thing. <laughs> that's my cop-out answer. Together, but, um, just any, anything with that, and then also, the second part of the question is, when one of us kind of sees the other one start to go down that path, have you guys specifically found a way to sort of, like, be, like,
0: come
1: over yeah. here. Let, me, let me talk to you for a
0: minute. Like, it's usually the other way, but yeah. You don't want to undermine,
2: <laughs> yeah. want to undermine the other yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. in front of the kids, but you do want to like, be that team and be like, hey, come over here real quick, you're, like, you're doing it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, two thoughts on the, on the gospel part. You're absolutely right. And there, were, there was a time, I can't remember exactly <laughs> when, but I can, I can remember kind of when it dawned on me. Like, the only time I seem to really talk about the gospel is when they're bad. Yeah, you know, so if that's the only time they ever hear the gospel, yeah, it's going to get. But if it's part of the natural part of our life, you know, we're sitting at the breakfast table and we hear it in family devotions. And it just you you pick deliberately. Right. We're thinking we're trying to think we're tired. It's hard to, to, to be thinking like this. All right. But pick those moments. Isn't that just. Boy, that's how the Lord forgives us, isn't it? You know? Isn't that boy we am I perfect? Talk about something you messed up and how you had to ask the Lord's forgiveness and you know, make it about you and the gospel. So the degree to which we're again, Ephesians 5.15 and living the degree to which we're living these things and they're part of the air and the aroma of our home, then it's we mitigate against that thing that they think the gospel is only something for my spanking. You know, it's kinda of thing. I think that's probably the biggest part of it, is make that all of it. and then yeah, there's, then there's some wisdom aspect into, all right, they did a thing. I told you not to do that. We're going to have to get discipline, right? Okay, you, you, you do a spanking and give them a hug and we're all good. And you don't have to go into, if you, if you don't do God, man, Christ response, every time that you give a discipline, I don't, I don't think you're failing as a parent every single time, right? It should be a, a, an important part of those times. But yeah, to your, to your point, there, there are times when we have a little time. It was a bigger thing. I mean, that's a time to kind of bring out, okay, we need some reminder of the gospel. But, man, if, if I could go back, right, it, if the, the more I had just made that part of my natural course of life, that would have been big. Um, yeah, and I think it is helpful. It's, it's probably something that you could talk about with your spouse. Like, okay, what are our signals going to be? And I don't know, Shannon and I have actually done that. But there, there's, lots, there's lots of times when I'll be getting worked out, and she'll be behind the other one going... <laughs> Okay, and I uh, yeah, that's one right there. And I'm go okay. <sighs> Take a breath, kind of start turn turning this conversation somewhere else or whatever. Or I mean, hey, if I'm sin, just kind of go okay. Stop. All right, I'm being angry here. I, I apologize. All right, I, you forgive me. Okay, Th- this is an issue, but I shouldn't be talking about it this way. So you forgive me. Okay, now let's talk about this. Nothing wrong with that. I think there's there's a fear deep down in us that when we admit wrong to our children, that's, oh, I'm, you know, like, oh, man, if, they, if I admit that I was wrong, then they're going to think they can't trust me or something. The exact opposite is true. Right. Your, th- your children aren't going to trust you if you can't admit that you're wrong, because they know you're wrong, <laughs> right? And, oh, by the way, we're supposed to be modeling these things to our children, right? Repentance among, chief among them, right? because that's what we want them to do, believe and repent. So, my goodness, if we can't model repentance, how are we talking about the gospel, right, to our children, so... Any others? On the how? All right. We've got a little bit more here. The the last one. When and where? You could probably guess, but let's go back to Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 9. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. At home, along the road, when you lie down, when you get up, when you're sitting, standing. It seems to me that they're saying talk about God and his commandments always and everywhere. So great segue into this last point, right? We don't just teach the scriptures, just teach the scriptures in family worship. Um, But we talk about them and we apply them in all kinds of situations, in all places, in all kinds of circumstances, um, whenever and wherever life takes us. Um, And make that an object of prayer for yourself. I mean, I know that I'm constantly miss God's hand in a situation or just an opportunity to look at a situation from a biblical perspective because it irritated me or because I was happy and I'm just going on my thing or whatever, good or bad. So pray that the Lord helps us to see him in every aspect of life, so that that's a natural thing for us to talk about as we see it with our kids. Everything from the beauty of creation as we're driving along to how did you, what did you think about that picture that was on the magazine, to what did you think about how that kid acted, or you know, how did you feel when that person said that? I mean, everything. Right? There's all kinds of things that are going on in life, from the grocery store to the, to the schoolyard, that we can be talking to our kids about. So it says, use every opportunity, at all times, to teach our children. That the scriptures are to govern all of life. There you go. That's when and where, all the time. Yes. The answer to when and where is yes. So, um, so parenting really is a giant act of faith. It, um, you know, our instruction, our com- our true, our, our communication of the truths of scripture is just seed sowing. Um, but who gives the life? Anybody remember what Paul said? You know, Paul's one sows, another waters. God gives the increase and it's so we're so tempted to forget that because uh, didn't you just say at the beginning parenting is a weighty thing yeah it is a weighty thing it's important God has God has in fact given us the task of instructing the next generation in his things that said the measure of our success in that is not how they turn out it's our faithfulness to do that and we trust God to to do his work if you've never read the story anybody ever read the story of Adniram Judson or heard of Adniram Judson, he was a US mich- uh, a US missionary. He was a missionary. It wasn't it wasn't no, he wasn't a US missionary because it wasn't the United States yet. Um, anyway, he was raised by a minister like in the late that uh, was the United States. Never mind. 1700s and 1800s. <laughs> This isn't a history thing. This is a talking about speaking of instruction, right? Yeah. So I was just trying to think of when he was. He was late 1700s, but then into the 1800s. Anyway, so he graduated valedictorian from Brown University, which was a seminary then at age 19, you know, just fantastic, super brain kind of guy. Through friends he met there at seminary, he totally abandoned the faith um, and went off on reckless wild living despite the, the pleadings and the protestations of his parents um, until through some, you can read the story, through some amazing events, he turned to the Lord and was, and was saved. Uh, and then later he became the first North American missionary to Burma. Did all kinds of amazing things. You know, so why, why is that important? Well, it's just another great encouragement to godly parents, right? That a sovereign, gracious God um, works. And only he works, right? To bring life to, to our kids. Um, you know, think, for that matter, think more, more contemporarily. Think of the, some of the testimonies we hear in baptisms. You know, how many of those are, yeah, I was raised in a Christian home, but then I kind of strayed or I never really understood? And we're like, you know, how would I like, I, I think about what about their parents sitting there and going, how would I feel if I said, yeah, I was raised in a Christian home, but I never really understood the gospel? And I'm like, well, again, you could be, I think we've been faithful to teach them the gospel. So that's a, that we've been faithful. But wow, for whatever reason, they didn't get it until the Lord sovereignly worked in them later. Right? I pray that that's not the case with all our kids, but you know, that's those things should encourage us as parents to keep praying and to keep staying, you know, staying on our knees. Um, you know, Ephesians two four is the best phrase in the whole Bible, in my opinion. But God, right? So, um, so do not give up. Uh, be intentional and deliberate, right, with our children is children's instruction. Pray for God to give us the strength to be thinking about it and aware. Right? And not just reacting to our kids, but intentional in, doing, in, in bringing the whole truth. And a word about pressure, because we see these things and we're like, okay, great. Now I feel some more pressure about how, what, and how, and when I need to. So you've got 18 years, right, Lord willing. So you, the, the, the task isn't to do all of this next, you know, for next week for homework. The task is to make this part of our lives and go before God and say, help me to do this day in and day out over the years with, with my children. So don't give up on that, and be intentional about implying that to their to their lives. And by grace, we wait, right? And we pray, and we trust Him uh, to bring the increase. Amen. Any any last questions or comments on anything? We got five minutes of awkward silence. I could do it. Right, <laughs> <laughs> Dan, Dan? Dan. Dan. Dan, Dan, Dan. This is Dan, everybody. <laughs> Really easy mm. me, yeah. it's, it's counter to our flesh, but how do we teach our kids to study the Bible? You, are there any like practical ways that anybody in here have taught their kids to study the Bible
1: instead of just reading it and
0: mm-hmm. actually digging into it? Yeah. Well, and this could be something that comes as they're older. Number one, do it yourself. I you know you mean, that's it, there's no magic you know, like formula. There's some basic principles. Like I read this, I read the passage. You know, maybe I I look for kind of how it's kind of broken up. Sometimes my Bible helps me break that up. Okay, so I ask myself, what's Paul talking about here generally? You know, so some of those just basic principles are things that we can do along with our kids, you know, as we teach them how to use the Bible. I think the best thing, personally, I really, my favorite thing for family worship is to do something around a Bible reading. Whether it's young and it's a kid's book where they read through the Bible and we, we talk about it as we go. Those things, huh? Oh, what was that about? You know, just some structure. And then as you get older, just reading the scripture, or get a study Bible and kind of go through that. You know, take we've got Table Talk uh, magazine, you know, and that's got daily Bible lessons. You know, just do a daily Bible lesson. I think just doing that day after day after day helps them understand. I right, read a passage of the scripture. Here's some questions I ask about it, um, and then yeah, those that that's it? I don't have a a specific technique or method. Frankly, that I that I've used. On anybody else have something that they've done or tried? To... Hey, yeah, I'm Mike. Mike. We've done a couple of things. We've uh, pulled out the dictionary and just yeah. them, like, yeah. look up words to try to understand,
1: especially going through proverbs. Um, and then I think it's John Frame like a short kind of one-to-one study that hits, and I see different constructs. But what does this passage say about God? What does it say oh, yeah? about yeah. us? Like you know, kind of some general questions to like have them reflect on it.
0: Right. In, at different ages, different levels. Of yeah. What's the book we're doing now for um, family worship? Do you remember the name of it? Oh, yeah. Um, no. All right. We've got one that's going, <laughs> that's going through different passages of Scripture and through the narrative uh, about what happened in this particular story. And they'll tell you, it, it'll, like, about five or six times in that narrative, there'll be a bold thing that says, God always keeps his promises. You know, it's, it's Abraham and Isaac or whatever, and it goes on with the story. And at the end of that, we go let's review all of those things that it said about God in his passions, and that develops in them a habit. So I think it's yeah. So yeah, yeah. So um, just a book recommendation. This is uh, Paul David Tripp's kind of a follow-on to you've heard Shepherding a Child's Heart, excellent book. Um, I always tell you, you got to read, be willing to read that with a little bit of like, don't put too much pressure on yourself when you read that. And that's not a dig at the book. It's just, I think you read that and you tend to be like, oh man, I I never think to say that when that happens. And it's just like, okay, it, it, the principles are there and it's it's an excellent book. But this is a follow on that I think in terms of the, um, principles, just outstanding, has become one of our favorites. These aren't mine. These belong to the first two people who raised their hand. Okay, the next person. All right, there you go. <laughs> there you are. Um, the, so the book that we're reading is called More Than a Story by Sally. by Sally Michael. That's the one we're going through now. It's a good good book. So, All right, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you that we can uh, trust you that you are trustworthy, that you are loving, that you are sovereign. Help us, Lord, to rejoice in that and rest in that um, as we seek and pray and long to see our children love you and to know you. And we ask in Jesus' name, Amen. amen.